This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marsha Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good afternoon, this is Marshall Davis. This is a a warm, late August day here in New Hampshire, and all week long we've been having our two of our grandkids here, babysitting them. My wife doing most of the babysitting, but I'm helping a bit. And now, for the first time in quite a while, I have a couple hours to myself when I can record this. My wife is taking them down to the lake, down to the town beach, and they're swimming. And speaking of water, that's one of the images I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to be talking about the passage in Genesis about the watery abyss. That is the setting for the creation story. And it symbolizes what is sometimes called nothingness. In 1970, when I was 20 years old and in college, I read a newly published book entitled The Experience of Nothingness. The author, philosopher Michael Novak, was visiting our college campus and I wanted to know what he had to say so I could engage him in conversation. I still remember his, vivid, his visit vividly 50 years later. I sat on the floor before him in a room on the top floor of the student union and I asked him questions. His ideas resonated with me. At that point in my life I considered myself an existentialist, although I was seriously exploring spiritual traditions. In fact, later that year I declared myself a religion leader going all in on my spiritual search. His book described my experience. It was a powerful awareness of the indescribable depths of existence. The only vocabulary I had to articulate my experience at the time was the language of existentialism. This depth was neither something nor nothing. Nothingness described it as well as any word. Yet this awareness of nothingness felt very spiritual, hence my attraction to spirituality and religion. The existentialist author Camus called this the absurd. He saw it as evidence of a universe without meaning. Satra had a book called Being and Nothingness. Popularly, this experience was known at the time as existential angst. Now these days that phrase is a cliché. That means little more than a teenage or midlife crisis. But in post-World War II, post-Holocaust times, it was powerfully fresh and profound. One was called to live an authentic life in the face of this emptiness at the heart of existence. Now I look back on that time 
my life and I realized that I was in touch with the holy. I was aware of the essence of the universe and human nature. This was God without all the fluff and the religious tradition. This experience of bare essence that was powerfully present and real to me as a 20-year-old is what I would now call reality, the divine, the holy Godhead, a God beyond God. It is Godness, for want of a better term, God beyond images and ideas about God. It is nothingness in the sense that God is not a thing among other things. God is not a being among other beings. Now I tend to call this the ground of being or being itself as as Tillich does, but I could equally call it non-being. It is the source of the duality of being and non-being. It's what being and non-being come from. I call this non-dual reality God. But it is not the theistic deity of Western religion. It is older than God. The, the God of theism is born of this. As the fourth chapter of the Tao Te Ching says, the Tao is like a well, used up but used but never used up. It is like the eternal void, filled with infinite possibilities. It is hidden but always present. I don't know who gave birth to it. It is older than God. I love that. That's Stephen Mitchell's translation. Of course, traditional Christians would argue that this is impossible, that nothing is older than God by definition. I would respond that the theistic God is not God, but simply a creation of the human mind. What I am talking about here is beyond and before mind. This was my awareness from my teen years, even though I could not put words to it. And I still can't put words to it now, although I try. I don't know if this is the awareness that is common to all people or not. I suspect it is. It is the awareness that the physical world around us is not reality, but it is an expression of reality. It is real, but only real in the sense that it is a product of our physical senses. Our awareness of the physical world emerges from this void, as does the physical world itself. It is the root of consciousness in all that exists. I see this pictured in the Bible in the formlessness and emptiness described in the opening words of the book of Genesis, this void that precedes creation. The Bible opens with the Hebrew st creation story. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, or formless and empty. And darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, the opening line here, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, is considered by scholars to be the title of the book, and of this section in Genesis. 
the creation account really begins with the next sentence, where it says the earth was formless and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. By earth, the Hebrew writer was not thinking of the third planet from the sun. He meant the cosmos. This is not the birth of our solar system. It's the birth of the universe. This formless and void in darkness we can call nothingness or emptiness. It is what Christian theologians are referring to when they speak about creatio ex nihilo, creation out of nothing. This Genesis passage was retold in the story of Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River. Jordan, the Jordan was a watery abyss, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters in the form of a dove, just like the Spirit hovered over the primordial waters of creation in Genesis. Jesus was being recreated, born again, as the Christ. The symbolism is likewise present in the flood story of Genesis, when the dove hovers over the face of the waters as the waters recede, revealing a new creation. These are all referring to creative nothingness. Nothingness is the matrix of what we consciously understand as the world. It is the essence of reality. It is reality. This nihilo is not meaningless and does not end in nihilism. Nothingness is not nothing. It is called nothingness because when you rest back into it, fall back into it, you cease to exist. Only God is. This is what both nothing and something come from. This is non-duality from which all dualities come. It is what the Buddhists call suchness or thusness or ta-da-da. It is emptiness, but it is a full empty. It is full of potentiality and actuality, which is obvious by the fact that everything comes from it. The Tao Te Ching says, 30 spokes share the hub of a wheel, yet it is the center that makes it useful. You can mold clay into a vessel, yet it is the emptiness that makes it useful. Cut doors and windows from the walls of a house, but the ultimate use of the house will depend on that part where nothing exists. Therefore something is shaped into what is, but its usefulness comes from what is not. This spaciousness is what I am calling here nothingness. And it was before anything. It is what lies behind and around and within everything that we call things, that we call the world. It is right here, right now. And it is absolutely obvious. It infringes upon our consciousness at all times. It lies at the periphery of our vision, just out of sight of our eyes and our mind all the time, but 
at the same time obviously present. It is only by effort that we are willfully ignorant and unaware of this suchness. This is Tao. This is the Divine. This is the essence of existence. It is our true nature and identity. And this is obvious. It was obvious to me as a teenager. And yet no one seemed to be talking about it. The preacher and the Sunday school teacher certainly did not talk about it in church. Yet this awareness was my constant companion, which is the term in the Gospel of John for Holy Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit, this is beside us and within us and all around us. And this is exactly how Jesus described the kingdom of God. It is called nothingness simply because it cannot be identified as anything. It is not this, not that. Neti neti. This is always just beneath the surface of things. It's also right on the surface of things. It is the surface. And it is the depths. It is the essence of everything that we see and hear and feel and think. It is reality. Everything is an expression of this. The sensory world is unreal in comparison. But of course you can't compare this to anything because it is everything. This is God or the kingdom of God or ultimate reality. This is the holy. This is the ground of being. It is the mysterium tremendum. It is the numinous. Like Pascal said in his famous memorial, this is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, not of the philosophers and savants. Certitude, certitude, feeling, joy, peace. It is the essence of existence. It is everything and nothing. I first experienced this as nothingness. Now I see it is also everythingness. It is the all. It is what we are what I am. It is I am. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.